Welcome to Running Is Bullshit, I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. And as is traditional at this time of year, we now need to complain it's officially too hot to run. It's bullshit. Yep, and we've got, we've got to like read all those articles from Runner's World that tell us how to run in the heat. Because I, I don't know, I don't know how to run in the heat. I just go out and I'm wearing like 10 fleeces, boiling hot. I wonder what am I doing wrong? And I read on Runner's World, you're not supposed to wear that many fleeces. Yeah, it's something to do with water as well. I think you just have to be near it. Yeah, it's something like, like that. If you drink it within the week, you're going to go for a run. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's something like that. I mean, we had like a month of rain, but we've ignored that. And just, it's now just too hot. So it's I think you're probably the same as me. We've just gone for runs at like before 7 a.m. Yeah, which sucks as well, because lately I've been doing my runs later in the day where I've had something to eat. And I used to always do my runs, like, as soon as I got out of bed, used to go for a run. But I've realised now how used my body is to having something to eat before I run. So I've been feeling shit on my runs. But there we go. That's terrific. Fasted runs are supposed to be good for something. I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, actually it occurs to me that since, like, your ultra is the end of August, mine is a week later we're actually going to have to do some daytime hot runs or we're going to be even more fucked if we end up running for an entire day in the sun. Yeah, especially the time of year it is because, yeah, my ultra was supposed to be beginning of June. Well, when was it supposed to be? Yesterday, I think? Uh, uh, today. We, today? As we record, was yeah, it, today. Was it on a Sunday? Oh, no, Saturday today. You know what? I am so confused at the moment. Yeah it's, yeah, it's supposed to be today. I mean, the weather's all right today. It would have been okay. I think would have been a warm last one. Time, yeah, it's warm, but like the last time I did it, it was kind of... Warm, but not too warm. It was okay. But yeah, August. An end of August ultra could be 30 degrees. It could be. It could be absolutely <laughs> bloody awful. So oh, that'll be fun. But yeah, right, so we definitely need to do some some runs in the sun. <laughs> a few actual uh, daytime runs. Oh, gross. I hate it. I'm, I'm really, I know some people really like it. But I hate running in the heat. I hate being hot. I hate being sweaty. I hate being out of breath. I hate all of that. Yeah, some people are strange and like different things to us and I don't approve. Mm. Uh, we also have to say thank you as all that begging and sucking up has finally worked. Bird and Blend have sent us some lovely cocoa Chai number five tea for all that free advertising we've been giving them. Mm. I was so happy. I was so happy when uh, when we had that email, that message come through. I was like, we've made it. Like, it, it's this is all happening now. We are influencers. We are a big deal. Yeah. I've got my my gear from Harrier that was lovely and, and gifted to me, which is fantastic. We've got stuff from Bird and Blend. Yeah, Georgina from Bird and Blend is our new hero. I mean, fuck Bobby. What's Bobby done for us recently? Nothing. <laughs> Bobby who? <laughs> exactly. Georgina, she's our new hero. Oh, you know what I do love? What I do love about Bird and Blend is usually when you order something, they send you like, whoever's like packing your order or whatever, send you like a personalised note and sometimes they send a, a joke or something along with it. Like nice. once I order some matcha and they're like, I hope it's a matcha made in heaven. I'm like, ah! <laughs> yeah, but they probably wrote that thousands of times and hate themselves every time no, they write it. No, just for me. Oh, that it's was just, just for you. It's, it's just a unique me. joke each time. Yeah, yeah, as a valued customer, you know? But the, the, the thing is, they always like, it's always quite long notes as well. It's like, dear Amy, I hope you enjoy this. And then like a little joke at the end and loads of hearts and kisses. And I'm like, oh, all right, right, steady on. Well, <laughs> I'm that's engaged. Always like, dear Amy, I've been here for 18 hours packing tea, making jokes about matcha. Please rescue me. <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much, Georgina and Bird and Blend. Mm-hmm. Um, to go back to the last episode first of all we're glad we could provide a fun interactive section to the last episode which wasn't the quiz 
but it was actually lots of people messaging us to say they were shouting airbags at their phones. Look, it wasn't a proud moment for us when we forgot the word airbags, but let's just move on, can we? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're not, but I think they should be called air cushions or something. I think it's far more, you know, it's cushion. It's not a bag, it's cushion. We had looked at far too much marketing wank material and uh, it, our brains were fried. Definitely. Gabby Naya also messaged us and she said she was giggling as she was running along. Love the pod, as always. Feet update. Skin ankles were bleeding and dripping blood <laughs> onto the carpet yesterday. And one is now sporting a fetching Spider-Man plaster. That's disgusting, Gabby. <laughs> Loving the feet updates, though. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I, I don't know what it is with you and feet, Stuart, but I do not love the feet updates. I don't love the pictures. I don't love the graphic descriptions. Just need to stop. I'm not into feet or anything. I'm just into people's <laughs> misery around feet. Because I know how much bullshit they can cause. I'm into that. Okay. Very, it's very uh, specific. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very specific... Uh, Feet-related feet trauma. <laughs> uh, we've also had a message from James O'Reilly with an incredible technological breakthrough in gloves. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. Here is a picture of the gloves. And you can see the slightly different colour grey material on the finger... That's just not any old slightly different colour grey material, Amy. That is speed wipe. They've actually trademarked the word speed wipe uh, because that is very special slightly different colour grey material to wipe your nose on as quickly and uh, efficiently as possible. Oh, Lisa Gibbon. I, I feel like this would appeal to Lisa Gibbon, but at the same time it wouldn't because if you make it simple as a glove, she's not going to have those pre-race rituals where she irons her... No, not sorry, not irons, where she straightens her hankies. But I suppose at the halfway stage, she can swap hands and use the other mm. finger to wipe her nose. Yeah, maybe carry some gloves in her pocket as like a treat, fresh fresh gloves. To it just seems through. to me that speed wipe doesn't seem right because I, I don't think the slowness is the problem when wiping your nose with your finger. I don't think anyone's wiping their nose thinking, oh God, if only this was faster. Because I think faster is less efficient because you're not going to be able to absorb as much. I, I feel like speed wipe is what you do when you're in the portaloo before a race and you hear the gun go off. Yeah, well, I know. I think when you're in a portal, you speed wipe anyway because you want to get out of there. <laughs> or you don't want somebody to open the door and reveal you to a whole queue of people at Cardiff Half. <laughs> so if you're interested, people, that is an Under Armour uh, running gloves with speed wipe TM technology. Amazing. Keep your nose clean. TM. I love how they've trademarked that they keep your nose clean. <laughs> keep your nose clean. No, no one can use that sentence now. Oh, no. Can, are we allowed to say it? I think we can because this is a review, so I think technically that comes under fair use. We can so I think say we're okay. it, but we can't put it in writing, so we can't say keep your nose clean is BS as our, as our title, I don't think. Okay. <laughs> Amy, uh, how has your nose been this week? Nice and clean? It, it's been like my sinuses playing havoc with me. I don't know about anyone else, but my hay fever has been absolutely bloody awful. Um, so yeah, there's, there's some nose-related news, quite boring. Um, but running wise, I've been running. I did a bit of a, well, I wouldn't call it a recce, but I guess I will call it a recce because that's what is good to call it. Like I did a bit of the Vogram, uh, the Vogram route just because I literally li live near the route anyway. Um, <laughs> so we'll call that a recce. So I did 16 miles from Cardiff Bay to Poff Kerry near Barry, uh, which was fine. It was a nice day. It wasn't too difficult. You know, nothing dramatic happened apart from... 
I got to 15.5 miles. So I got to Porth Kerry and I had half a mile to go. So I did like a little loop around the woods near Porth Kerry just to get it to 16 miles. And up until that point, my new trail shoes had remained fairly clean, you know, not that I'm bothered mm. about that sort of thing, but they were dry. There wasn't really much mud on the upper part, anything like that. And literally with only like, 0.3 of a mile to go I stepped with both feet into the muddiest boggiest puddle and completely caked my shoes in mud literally nice. with, with just a few like parts of a mile to go um so I washed my shoes off in a stream but yeah so I, I, I have christened the trail shoes uh also if anyone has done that bit of uh, the Wales coast path before between Cardiff and Port Kerry the Barry section is absolutely dire. I take it you've not done that bit yet, Stuart, on your, like, doing oh, yeah, all the bits. Oh, yeah, I've run through Barry, yeah. Have you done it as part of your official, like, doing all the bits of the yeah, coast path? Yeah. You want to get that bit done early, don't you? Because it's shit. It's yeah, I've awful. run that section a couple of times, and you are just running through a town, a shit town. And that Sorry, bit just before Barry. you get to the town, where it's just, like, on the side of a road near an industrial estate. You're like, mm. you know what, if somebody just pulled up and murdered me, you know, harvested my kidneys, no one would know. No one, yeah, no one will miss you either. <laughs> the the Barry section is one of those ones. I think this is one of the sections they're not going to be putting on the posters. They no. talk about Pembrokeshire. They'll talk about Anglesey. They won't talk about Barry and some of the other parts of South Wales, which are terrible. The only good thing is, as you get into Barry, uh, like just into the town bit, um, there is a ASDA which has some decent toilets. Because I know this because I've had to use them before, but on this particular run, I felt like I was going to shit myself at that point. And I thought, thought, thank God, I know ASDA's coming up. By the time I got to ASDA, I was okay. I moved on. But that is a good part of it. It's decent well, toilets. Why didn't you lead on this? This is clearly the most important part of this run. <laughs> I'd like to leave it to the end. Just a bit of a, you know, thought, thought it was over. thought Oof. the muddy shoes was it. No, Amy nearly shit herself. You know what? I just Amy, you tease. You know what? Sometimes running in the heat, I don't know about anyone else, but running in the heat gives me a dodgy stomach, you know? Oh, okay. And I get that feeling like it's going to happen right now. <laughs> and it goes after a bit. I walked a bit and it went. But something about running in the heat, something about the heat just warms everything up and yeah everything wants to exit very quickly oh that august ultra is gonna be glorious <laughs> both of them i've got two <laughs> you got you're doing both yeah at the moment I, I am i mean people keep telling me like oh you're, oh, right. you're doing both acting really surprised like now it's scaring me but yeah i'm doing the vogum yeah. the 40 miler in on one week and then the next weekend is the rhythm uh which is 30 miles but is extremely hilly isn't it the elevation yeah. is a lot higher so, but, you know, there's no time limit. I figure I could walk it. And I've already done the training, so I may as well just do it. And just to fill people in there, by the way, uh, Vogum or Vogum is Vale of Glamorgan Ultramarathon and Ridham, which I'm doing, is Ridgeway Ultramarathon, just mm. so people can get those locked in. So you're going to be doing two in a week. Yeah, and then I'm supposed to be doing, like, the week after, there's a 10K I'm supposed to be doing. Well, Whoa. originally, I was supposed to be doing a 24-hour race. Um, which is like loops over 20 or seven hours. I can't, it's the one. It was eight hours. Eight hours. That's the thing I can't, that I've cancelled that one. It's, yeah, I'm not going to that one. So I signed up for a 10K instead. Um, so I'm supposed to be doing a 10K the week after. And then the week after that, I've got a, I think it's, I think it's 18 or 20 miles. Stop it. No. Mate, come on. <laughs> like even I'm worried about, you know, that's bad. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I yeah. usually think this is funny, but even I'm worried. Like, at least I can start the races. If I don't finish... I, I mean, I've finished the Vogum, but, like, if I can't finish anything after that, that's just so be it. And I'm, I'm training. I'm doing all my training. I did I did 100 miles. Oh, well, over 100 miles last month and this month I saw on Strava. Nice. So I'm actually running. Things are going good. Um, 
And then other than that, other than, you know, my impending doom with with several ultras in, in one month, um, I went to Chelmsford last week. Or this week, rather. Oh, that last I'm week sorry to hear that. You know what? Chelmsford's lovely. It's in Essex. Oh, is it? Okay, I've got no idea. Yeah, it, it's quite posh. I don't know whether anyone from Ch- Chelmsford who's listening and probably is, you know, saying like, oh, it's not posh, either. you know, it's your hometown. But I thought it was quite posh. And yeah, where we were staying uh, with my partner's family, there was like a nice little run along a river and stuff. And it was very pleasant and very nice. I felt very out of place, so... I didn't. I, de- I don't earn enough a year to be running down that river. You know, that's how I felt. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. How was your week? Um, well, I've been on my own recce run uh, for the Rhythm, the Ridgeway Ultra Marathon. Um, I had a day off work, so I thought I'd just go and do uh, kind of almost pretty much the last section of what I hadn't done before. Made it into a nice circular route. Took William out with me. Thought it'd be a nice day. Didn't actually check the weather, and it rained for the entire two hours. Nice. So that was terrific. It was quite a nice route, though. It's um, it was kind of the initial section, so it was quite a long uphill. But because there were sheep around, I had William attached to me on the harness, so he just pulled me up the hills, which was great. And there, because there were sheep all the way, and I didn't really know that part of it, so I had to be really careful with sheep. So I had to keep him quite close to me. Um, and there was one section where we were just on a road with fences either side. So I thought, oh, this is no problem. There won't be any sheep here. Thought, there shouldn't be any sheep here. Mm. Let him off. And we got around the corner and there's just sheep blocking the whole road. Oh, for God's sake. So it's just like, there was plenty of sheep escaped their fields. So I was just like, right, come on, ladies. Off we go. They all just kind of ran off down the uh, down the road. And I just walked slowly and eventually got around the corner. They had sodded off into the field properly. But yeah, sheep escaping their fields is a real pain when you've got a dog who's a sheepdog who wants to chase sheep. Did he want to chase them then? Was he like... Yes, absolutely. I don't know what he'd do. I think he'd just run up. I think how he is with cats, he'll run up to them and stare at them. But if they run, he'll chase. Yeah. That's the problem. Finley's supposed to... Well, he's not supposed to herd sheep. He's supposed to... He's a corgi, so he's supposed to herd cattle. But he never seems that bothered. He's always like, yeah, whatever. I'm not bothered. Pippin gets scared. But um, my, my friend's ex used to be, who was a human, used to be scared of sheep. I just thought, what, what are they going to do? If you had to, you'd knock a sheep out, wouldn't you? No you can't question. be scared of sheep. No, 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 no. You could overpower one. I'm scared of, like, cows and horses. I don't know. I don't think you could overpower a sheep. I just oh, don't think they've got... They wait, haven't got the intelligence to do anything about it. Let me square them. up to a sheep. I'll knock it flat. Oh, but they are dense. They are <laughs> they heavy, are dense. dense animals. But if you knock them on the back, they die. Oh, they're oh, top tip there. <laughs> You, well, the other way around is like if you see a sheep on its back, you should try and get it up. Or, or it's on its back. No, laying down in general. If you see a sheep like properly laying down, like on its side or on its back, you need to get it up because um, yeah. something Unless about Unless you want to kill and, them. Yeah, but on the flip side, if you want to kill a sheep, you just have to knock it. You know, like topple it over. That's that's great. Thanks. Yeah. So I'm not scared of sheep. They've got they've got a big weakness there. <laughs> Can't even lay down. <laughs> that is harsh. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much all of the route uh, recce for me now. The only thing I'm worried about this with this ultra coming up is, well, it's three months away, but as it stands, I've got no one to run with, and that's worrying yeah. me. I've never really run a big thing like that on my own, and I don't want to, so I might have to find just some schmuck to do it with. Oh, you, you get them by saying it's just 30 miles. It's not a big deal, it's just 30 miles. Yeah, you'll have done 40 the week before, so I'm not doing it with you because I'll be there for days. Yeah, and the thing is, like, it's probably the same effort because it's so hilly. So it, both races are probably yeah. the same effort. Because actually the Vogum, there's some hills, but because you're going along um, like a coastal path along cliffs, there's a hill and then it flattens out, a hill flattens out. So it's fairly, it's not too bad in terms of elevation, but I hear the rhythm's going to be awful in terms of elevation. Uh, 
Yeah, it's quite a lot, and there are just some long hills. Mm, that's the thing, yeah, is that because the Vogum, the hills there are are fairly short, if you know what I mean, steep but short. But so that's three months' time. So you guys have got another what six episodes or so before we go on about that. Yeah, that's gonna be a fun episode. Yeah, and if anyone listening wants to run the rhythm with Stuart, okay. <laughs> yeah, in about seven hours, that would be ideal. That'd yeah. be lovely. And I know most of the way now, and I can tell you lots of interesting anecdotes on the way. <laughs> So the plan for what we're going to talk about in this episode is, unless Amy cancels last minute as usual, <laughs> we will run the pilgrimage route I have been banging on about since December. We are leaving early tomorrow morning, and as I can't be bothered to record and edit and prepare all of this on Sunday afternoon, we're recording this bit beforehand, and we'll hopefully drop in some audio from that run next. Um, let's hope we do run it, or there'll just be 10 minutes of dead air for you coming up. It's 7am on Sunday morning and Amy and I are standing underneath the lovely Llandaff Cathedral in Cardiff, ready to do 20 miles on the Penrith pilgrimage route. Uh, Amy, how are you doing this morning? Alright, yeah, I'm here. That's the main thing. I didn't cancel last minute. I did message you about the dogs and I was like, I'm not cancelling last minute, I am actually coming. So that's the main thing, I'm here. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> um, I am a little worried because you said uh, before that you spend your long runs on the phone to people ranting about your life. So is that what I'm going to get for five hours today? Possibly, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a five-hour audiobook of all Amy's problems in her life. <laughs> Which is waiting to begin. We've got someone else running with us who's going to hate running at our bullshit pace. And he's late, so Michael Dark is officially bullshit. Let's hope we can leave soon. <laughs> Well, we are two and a half hours in and pretty much bang on halfway. We might have gone the wrong way at some point, but I think we went longer than we should have done. So everything's probably fine. We've just come to a, a fuck off massive hill. So we thought it's the ideal time to walk and have a bit of a chat. Amy, how are you finding it so far? Halfway through. It's all right. <laughs> That's all we've got. Oh, it's way, this is the reason why I don't look at routes before I do them, because I wouldn't have done this. Because it's like, this, there's way more elevation than I thought there would be. I don't know why, I didn't think there would be elevation because we're going to the fucking valleys, but... And I, yeah, and I sent you the map which had yeah. the elevation on it, but you didn't look. No, of course I didn't. I imagined it would be like the Taft Trail, which is like a gradual, like, incline. This is ridiculous, this is ridiculous. Are you optimistic about the next ten miles? No. <laughs> Not at all, if it carries on like this. It's downhill, yeah. Let me take a picture. So the thing is, if I take a picture, it won't look as good as it actually is. No, it looks shit. Yeah. yeah I mean, Mike's just gone up the hill ahead of us. Yeah. I think he's really bored by now. <laughs> this is fun. So we left at seven o'clock this morning. It's now nine minutes past three, and we've just got off the train. Amy, uh, how are your knees feeling? Oh, they're all right now, actually, but. At the end of the run, we had to walk down this massive hill to get to the train station, and that was that was no bueno. That was awful. And also, can I add, in case I forget, although I won't, but I nearly got killed by a golf ball as well. Yeah, that added a little extra <laughs> thrill and excitement to the end of the run, going through a golf course yeah. and having to dodge golf balls. So that was literally, if I'd been like probably half a meter the other way, it would have hit me on the back of the head. So yeah, that was fun. Just think of the content, that's the main thing. Uh, we did the route, we did it in just under six hours, which is a little longer than we expected. But then we went down this hill, went to Asda, bought some chocolate and shit drinks and things, and then sat and waited for the train. Yeah. Oh, and now we're gonna go home. Not yeah. together, obviously. Um, 
Um, yeah, we'll tell you about it more next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Of course, on other weeks, we're happy to tell them to put up or shut up, but balancing compassion with tough love goes a long way. So thank you very much, Karen Hamilton. That's kind of a really interesting insight into a women's sports club, and it's great that you're taking this seriously. Mm, definitely. I know that um, your performance, it is scientifically proven that your performance in, in physical activity does differ depending where you are in your cycle. So there's like... I think it's like two weeks or a week before, I don't know, but you're, there's a point in your cycle where your testosterone is highest. So at that point, you can have some amazing runs and do like perform really well. And I know because like if I'm at that point, like I have runs where like everything's effortless, and I can go on forever and it's amazing. But then about a week later, you have this usually like that point in your cycle just before you start or like when, you're, when you've just started, like it's fucking awful. Like, sometimes it feels like you're just wading through mud or sand or something. It's so, so difficult. Oh, it's, um, and it sucks because we have to go through that every single month. Like, there's, this, just, there's no consistency. Oh. And often it's hard to judge what's you. Um, so what's, for instance, say, overtraining, which can have very similar um, sort of uh, symptoms or, you know, very sim- similar sort of feelings to that. And what is just your, like, your cycle? It is absolutely sucks. But there we go. That's that's what we have to go through for being a woman but yeah if you've got any races that happen to fall on that week where your testosterone is highest you're probably gonna get a pb you probably ace it yeah i'll be really interested to know how many other women's sports club um take that kind of approach obviously i'm not a member of any of them at the moment um so yeah i'd be very interested to know if anyone else does that sounds like mm-hmm. a great idea mm-hmm. definitely yeah we also had an email from ian thompson who said completed one of those challenges on strava uh, ostensibly for a freebie but more to get people on company mailing lists it was for cookies but they also had options for a free buff only what with it being from a US company they only offered it first class post to the UK for $16.98 how about fucking off with that already there has to be cheaper shipping options it wouldn't cost me 12 quid to send a buff to the USA so why so damn much the other way £5.85 as it happens. So I love that he obviously wrote that sentence like, it wouldn't cost me that much. In fact, I'm going to check. Yeah. And then he checked and Royal then mail. finished off the <laughs> sentence. Good for you. <laughs> the best part is I'm now getting emails off and saying, you've not completed your purchase. Oh, I wonder why, in all caps. Sigh. Cheers, Ian. I, what are these Strava challenges where you get free stuff? I haven't heard of this. I haven't seen this. Oh, it's the fucking... It's those Strava challenges. That every time you open the app, it tries to get... Oh, run oh. 5K this month. Run 10K this month. And every fucker on there just signs up to these things. You have to see them every month oh, all the time. And they're stuff. stupid. But you well, get stuff Well, that. not free stuff. Oh. You you get the option to buy a buff for $17. Oh, no, no, no. Exactly. It's not going to be free. You're going to be on the mailing list forever. You'll never um, get off that. I just oh, I hate these Strava challenges. I wish you could block them. To be honest, I ignore everything on Strava apart from myself. Like in life, in real life, really. <laughs> I just just pay attention. Literally, I go on the app and I just click like my own profile. <laughs> so I look at my runs. So I look at anything else. Actually, you won't have seen uh, if you do that. Strava has updated the app again, and actually, have got loads of new options for segments and routes. And actually, they're really, really good. I like them. You can kind of look at you can look at segments that you could potentially go up the leaderboard in, or you can look at ones that are close to you that you might like. Uh, it's actually a really good update. I think Strava have done some really good updates over the last mm. kind of year, eighteen months or so. So that's really nice. I like all the updates that Strava do. I remember the big controversy when they they changed it for like a weird algorithm. It was in chronological order, so you'd see like yeah. the latest um runs people have done they changed it to some other weird algorithm and people went mental <laughs> uh, yeah every social media platform does that eventually yeah. and everyone always hates it yeah 
On Facebook, Dashiell Maloney sent us this wonderful story. He said, hey, bee shitters. Just thought I'd share. Bee shitters. He's, got, he's not got time for the whole word there. <laughs> Regarding the continuous BS of running metrics and the pursuit of target performance goals. During a run on local trails, I was focusing on remaining in zone 2 and was pleasantly noticing how in tune I was with my HR. Every time I picked up the pace a little bit, I would see it climb, but was able to avoid going into zone 3. I recall saying shit like, ah, oh, so responsive, such control. I was at one with myself and feeling the flow state. Towards the end of my run, I realised I'd been looking at cadence, not heart rate, as in the same spot on a different data screen. I had, in fact, been well into zone three for the duration of my run. Keep up the bullshit. Uh, so well done, Dashiell, for not knowing the difference between heart rate and cadence. Great work. I, I, to be honest, I probably wouldn't either. Like, I, I think I've got those options on my watch. I never look at them. I, I know some people run to heart rate, so they'll run to stay in a certain heart rate zone. But uh, now and again, I will look at that bit on Strava and see, like, oh, I've been running in tempos zone the whole fucking way <laughs> yeah i look at that but i have i have no idea what it actually means no. i think i think i've seen my heart rate recently and it feels like it's been lower recently but i don't think that's because i'm getting fitter i think that's just because i'm lazier it's hot as well i think your heart rate goes up in the heat i think and stuff like probably, that probably so. yeah i don't know I don't know. <laughs> I'm saying stuff like that. Somebody's going to probably message in like, oh, I'm a cardiologist or whatever it is. And I, I know that it doesn't go up in the heat. It goes down. <laughs> I love how he, he turned into a doge halfway through that run and like, oh, so responsive. Such control. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, so anyway, after the UK's hilarious failure at Eurovision, we, well, I tweeted, Amy for Eurovision 2022. I was very glad to see all the replies were giving Amy shit, including, within seconds of my tweeting, Amy's mum. Of course. Thank you very much, Nikki Genders. Of course, yeah. Well, yeah. What can I say? Mm. <laughs> it, it wasn't a popular move, so never mind. No, no, no one so. appreciates my singing. You know what? I go through so much effort to do this. I spend hours trying to get GarageBand to work properly and try to line it all up in time, and it's still not good enough for people. Do you know what? Generally, though... Um, Holly is your biggest fan. Thank you. That's all. The Not matter. in a mean way. She loves your stuff every time. She always says how impressed she is. Well, there we go. Then nothing else matters, and that's fine. She has appalling taste in music, so that explains a lot. No, she has very good taste in music, obviously. <laughs> uh, Gabby Neer has tweeted again. She basically is now our researcher for this show, and we, she gave us a great suggestion for our next pair of shoes. It seems Saucony are now doing a monster-branded set of shoes. They include Bride of Frankenstein, The Creature from the Black Lagoon, Frankenstein, and The Mummy. First of all, I know all the pedants listening to this will be saying, Frankenstein was the doctor, not the monster, which is exactly right, and you are right to say that. But who who was the real monster? Uh, wasn't it mankind or something? Wasn't it humanity was the real monster all along? Yeah. Patriarchy. Who was, who was the real monster in that story? Anyway, I also I like how they're monsters <laughs> from like the 1950s. That's amazing. And secondly, what this amounts to is a, a set of running shoes that are green. I mean, that's kind of it, really. Are they, are they it? running shoes? I was looking at them. They look bulky yeah. AF. They're just they're just normal um, Saucony Jazz eighty ones, uh, which might mean something to somebody. Um, and like the Frankenstein ones have a few like dark green stitches on them, and the Mummy one is sort of a bandagey texture. I dread to think how much they cost, but they're just green shoes. The thing is, like. I never pick shoes based on colour. I pick shoes based on price. Whatever the cheapest shoe is, and it's usually some ghastly colour. Like, my new trail shoes are some, like, awful, um, like, pinky, purpley colour. 
Um, and when Freya saw them, she goes, oh, they're a nice colour. I'm like, I have no idea. I didn't pick them for the colour. They're literally just going to be on my feet. I don't care. And also, I always think, like, with these shoes, they're going to get wrecked. They're going to get completely muddy. They're going to get holes in them. And probably, even after they're done being running shoes, I'm probably going to have to throw them away because they'll be so battered I won't even be able to yeah. wear them anymore. So I'm not really going to be thinking, oh, I want to get Bride of Frankenstein, invest in those. Like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, so either you'll never see these or you'll pick these up for about £15 in two months' time. To be fair, I do like the colourway of Franken- the Frankenstein ones, but I'd wear them more as everyday shoes, not the, running. But they're just, they're just green shoes. Yeah, I kind of like them. <laughs> yeah, all right. Emma McRae has also been in touch and said, getting sponsored ads on my Instagram feed, I call BS to the account called Running Diet App, which also has an app called Jogo. <laughs> it's very antipodean, that, isn't it? Jogo. Jogo. Go to Maccas. Go use Jogger and we'll run to Maccas. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing my accent. That's yeah. So um, we've got a little image here of the sponsored advert and the text. There's a picture of a a, a woman running, a very slim woman running, and it says, six weeks ago I decided to start running with Jogo and became fit again. For over 20 years, I did no sports at all and peaked weighing 180 pounds. Oh, no. Now I'm at the weight of 140 pounds and I feel absolutely amazing. Sarah. Uh, is 40 pounds in six weeks too much weight to lose? It feels, oh, yeah. that feels too much. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. What I, I love about this ad as well, right down in the bottom corner in white text you can't really see very well, it says, results may vary due to personal features. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Such as your laziness and how much you actually really like cake. Yeah, yeah. This, but what is? What does the app do? Does it just track? Does it tell you like how far to run? I don't really we, get. We haven't done that much research. It's just the fact it's called Jogo is amazing. Jogo, that's and awful. it might not work. Probably doesn't. No, no. I think you need more than an app. If you wanna, um, if you are interested in losing weight, you probably need more than an app. You probably need to do other things as well. You know, you would change your so. lifestyle and stuff. You know, all those sorts of things, rather than just download an app called Jogo, where they tell you you're gonna be miserable if you weigh more than a certain weight. But there we go. <laughs> uh, Anthony R. Frost tweeted saying things I've learned running over the last month. Number one, running is bullshit. Two, the podcast at Running is BS is quite good. Thank you. Three, running has a lot of potential in terms of horror storytelling. It's a great way to get a character in a situation where they may encounter something awful. Mm, true. Yeah, thank you very much, Anthony, for saying we're quite good. That is the exact type of review that I like the most. All right. We don't want people <laughs> raving about us because I think that puts people off. But if you say, oh, this is quite good. No, I mean, that, that'll do for me. That's fine. Fair enough. I mean, it's no, uh, you know, behind the medal or anything with Ed Sheeran, but it's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, I believe Anthony's uh, listening back through the back catalogue, so eventually he's going to come to the October Halloween Ooh. horror storytelling special. So hopefully yes. he'll enjoy that, and hopefully we'll get one for this year from him. Yeah, definitely. But I, I agree. Like when you're running, you're, you're always there's always the option to encounter something scary and dangerous. Or be something scary and dangerous. Yeah, you, you, yeah, usually I am that scary and dangerous person. Always try to act crazier than the potential crazy person attacking you. That's why I always say. I said like Top months tip. ago on the podcast, I said, just shit yourself, wet yourself. What are they going to do? They're going to be terrified. Who does that? Who wets themselves and just shits themselves? They're I've not going to I've seen videos online of like guys getting into fight and just a guy will just strip his clothes off straight away and is like, whoa, not dealing with that. Yeah, yeah. That's an extreme version. Best form of defense. At Jed and White said, woke up feeling a bit meh. 
got my daps on and forced myself out the door. By the way, for people not in South Wales, daps are trainers. I mean, that was clear from context, but I thought I'd make that clear. As I've been rather low on mojo lately, even while following my running punks plan. Listening to an hour of running is BS. Other people groping about running really cheered me up. Well, Jed and White, we can only apologise. Helping and inspiring you to run was never our intention. And we hope you'll forgive us. Yeah, yeah. Hope you never run again. Sorry, that was like a threat, wasn't it? <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> uh, Cheney Headshot. Cheney? 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 Let's say Cheney. Headshot. Says, 11 miles in post-cloudburst humidity. I don't know what post-cloudburst means. Does it mean after it's rained? I guess after it rained really hard. Yeah. <laughs> post-cloudburst humidity. Uh, it was fucking horrible. Yeah, it has been a bit like that this week. Like, it was so humid the other day when we went for a walk. I swear I could see how humid it was. Oh, you know what? I often feel like, I swear the humidity makes hay fever worse. Do you ever go out and feel like, I can smell hay fever? Yeah, almost, yeah. I haven't yeah. even got it, and yeah, I can. I can smell the hay fever coming, and sure enough, it comes. Do you know what my, my favourite thing about humidity is the way every single person will say, you know what, I don't mind the heat so much, it's the humidity. And everyone says it like it's a revelation and personal to them, but like literally everyone on the planet thinks that. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> oh, but don't get into those conversations with people who are from really humid places, like places in the America or, or whatever, because they'll be like, Phew. You think that's humidity? You think it, you think that's bad? Wait, you go to fucking Florida, and there'll be an alligator trying to eat you. So don't you know? Don't start. At Leela Agapa says public footpath signs are bullshit. I found one and thought I'd follow it, but there were no more along the trail, and I ended up in a farmer's field with the faint sound of gunshot in the distance. Ended up running an extra mile, freaking out I would get shot. Hashtag running is dangerous. Uh, Leela, what you need there? I keep going on about open street maps. It's got all mm. the footpaths on there. That'll tell you where to go. I think I need to download that. That's always my issue is signs. Like when I was trying to do the pilgrimage trail the other, the other day and I couldn't find the signs. I just lost the signs. I literally did about a quarter of a mile and they just disappeared. So. It is odd sometimes when you get into a field and you kind of look around. You can't see any styles out of the field. And if there's just a gate, sometimes you feel like, is that a gate I'm allowed to go through or am I not allowed to go through that one? Yeah. It can be tough sometimes. I've had twice on two separate occasions, I've been stuck in a farmer's field and the farmer has driven by and it's been like out of a film where it's like an old farm. He's like, you're right there. And I've, <laughs> I'm like, I've, lo I've lost and I can't find my way back to the road. And he's like giving me some like, well, you go up this path and you da da da. Why don't uh, you come with me? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's happened on two separate occasions that and I've always just played that. I'm lost. I don't know where I am. Well, I am lost, but... They've usually been quite uh, helpful, albeit like never friendly. If anyone's listening who's a farmer, tell me what that's about. Why are farmers never friendly? Is it because we're trespassing in their fields and they're angry? It, well, yeah, I think that's probably why. And you're worrying their sheep. <laughs> they're always so pissed off. <laughs> Dicking about climbing over their gates and over their fences and hedges and shitting in their fields and yeah. pissing off the animals and running through the crops. Yeah, I think yeah. I'd be pissed off as well, to be honest. Making snow angels in the, in the seeds and stuff. And yeah, yeah. To be fair, that's fine. Yeah, Holly and some friends um, were into getting into a farm the other day on a long walk, and the farm was standing there eyeing them up. And like the first thing he said to them was, "Are you local?" <laughs> and they all started speaking Welsh to him, and he was like, "Oh, you girls are fine." Oh god, so that's a, that's a handy tip. Oh, just just know enough Welsh to just say learn yes. Welsh entirely. Yeah, I, I am Welsh. I, I yeah, Plaid Cymru, whatever you know. <laughs> all right. 
It's the bullshit running news. The bullshit running news. Bullshit running news. Uh, it's not so much news uh, for this first one. It's stats. Stats, stats, stats. Love a bit of stats. There's been a study by Run Repeat, which has, which has analysed 5,010,730 results from 15,451 ultra events over 23 years to come up with the following key results. Um, I think we knew most of these kind of anecdotally, so they're not huge surprises, but it's always good to have data to back these things up. So the first thing they found was female ultra runners are faster than male ultra runners at distances over 195 miles. And again, we knew women were faster than men at kind of long distances, but this has actually put a figure on it to say it's 195 is that threshold. And the longer the distance, the shorter the gender pace gap. In 5Ks, men run about 18% faster and a marathon distance difference is 11%. 100 miles, it shrinks to 0.25. And above 195, women are actually 0.6 faster than men. I guess that threshold may even be much less than that. But because you don't get races at like 140 or 160 miles or whatever, there's probably not enough data in that area to find out what that threshold is. I I just think this stuff's so cool because it's kind of a given in society that men excel uh, more than women in, in any sport. And, and often, you know, that's how it's presented to us as well. It's all about men's sports, it's about men's tennis, it's about men's football, men's rugby, all this. And women's sport is receiving more attention now than it was. And, and women in running, um, particularly like long distances like marathons and stuff, have received a fair bit of attention. But always, it's always about the men. And I just think this is fantastic that there's evidence that it's really interesting because, of course, yeah, in shorter distances in a lot of sports, Men can build muscle faster, all those different things that usually mean that at elite level men can perform better at these things. So I think it's super interesting and super cool that there are sports where women can actually win and in a level playing field, women can beat men. I think that's really fantastic. Yeah, well, what I think would make this even better is kind of uh, the next one I go on to is actually at the moment only 23% of participants are female. That's compared to 14% 23 years ago. So that's rising, but still not, it's still less than a quarter. So if that was 50 50, there would be so much more data and, mm. well, there would be more women running. That would be great because they'd be able to have, you'd have more better runners, presumably. Yeah, and that 195 miles might go down then. So we might find that women tend to be faster than men at. 60 miles, 70 miles, you know, those sorts of things. Yeah, so, yeah given um, the opportunities. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If there's more women in the field, then there's going to be more likelihood to be female uh, winners in those races. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, participation has also massively increased, as we might expect. So 23 years ago, there were about 34,500 ultra entries in a year. And most recently, 611,000 yearly entries to ultras. And 41% of those participants run more than one event per year now as well, which is quite a lot. 40% are multiple ultra runners. Yeah, I think people are realizing the sport is actually quite accessible, particularly if you find like the Pegasus runs where there isn't a time limit, where you could technically walk it if you wanted to the whole Mm -hmm. thing. Because for me, I'm not interested in doing a road marathon because road marathons sound fucking hard because you you know, the expectation is that you run the whole thing and ultra, you, unless you're like really, really elite. And even then you're not expected to run the whole thing. It's like a day out. I mean, it is hard. It, it's definitely hard, but it's definitely not impossible either. So I think people are realizing that there are a lot of accessible ultras out there. And if you get out of the mindset of road running, which is like, Oh, I must run from point A to point B 
really fast and not stop, um, then I think getting into that different mindset makes it even more accessible. Uh, brings us very nicely, Amy, onto mm-hmm. the next point. The average pace in 1996 uh, was 11 minutes 35 per mile. Currently, it's 13 minutes 16 seconds a mile. And the study actually said in there, these distances are attracting less prepared runners now because the sport is more mainstream, which I thought was a bit harsh. Yeah, less it's not less prepared. prepared. <laughs> but it's not necessarily less prepared. It's just less good. I mean, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. It's because ultra running used to be for elite runners. Now, any fucking, you know, we run ultras. So it's not that we're less prepared, even though we are, but it's not less prepared. It's just less good runners. And that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And again, that's about making more accessible. And also, you know, the amount of ultra races increased. So different terrain, you're going to have slower paces and all those different things. So, yeah. And just to finish off a few quick ones, 10% of those runners travel abroad to run an ultra. And for 5Ks, that's only 0.2%. So people are exploring and traveling abroad. Who's traveling uh, for a 5K? Who's going abroad? Like, oh, I've got a big race weekend out in like Brazil running a 5K. <laughs> probably wouldn't go that far. Um, all age groups have a similar pace, which is around 1440 a mile. And uh, that's unusual compared to the past and to other distances. So generally, all age groups, you know, have very different distances. You expect to kind of a curve. Uh, people get slower as they get older. But actually, in ultra is not the case. Everyone runs at the same kind of shit pace. And also, the average age of ultra runners is 43, which is a, a lot older than I expect. Yeah, but that's another thing that I heard that um, with women, that your ability to run ultras tends to get, obviously, there's a there's cutoff point, but it tends to, you tend to get better as you get older for longer. So, Whereas if you're running like 5K or 10K, when you get into your early 30s, sort of you're getting to be, you know, getting to be past your prime. Um, for ultra runners, they, they're running well into their 50s and still doing really, really well at it. You know, and sometimes even improving a bit. So I, I don't know whether they had any evidence around that, but that's something that I've heard. Uh, the other one on there, I think, was uh, people's times for ultras improve up to about 20 ultras and then they plateau off. I'm like, 20? Mm. <laughs> and also the idea of improving a time on an ultra just doesn't occur to me i'll just do it for a day out the idea of yeah. doing it quicker is just bizarre um so that whole study was called the state of ultra running 2020 it was on run repeat it will be on our show notes so head to our website to take a look at that and i just want to add to that as well like you know we normally have a lot of bullshit stats on running is bs but if i'm going to believe any stats it's by run repeat because they're the ones that do the video like where you can compare shoes and they gather all this data. So it's got, they've got a massive database of running shoes. And they've got all this data of like reviews and stuff and prices and all that. And you can just like search for running shoes. And it'll give you like the top 10 running shoes for this terrain, and this distance and all that. And it's just fantastic. So I think they're really on it with their stats and data and all that sort of thing. Well, yeah, this wasn't survey. This was a, wasn't anecdotal. Mm-hmm. This is 5 million individual results. Yeah, yeah. And an update to the recent tragedy in China, where 21 runners died in an event. The Chinese government have put a temporary ban on all ultra and trail races for the time being. I didn't realise it was trail races as well. I read that it was ultra races, but I didn't realise they were banning trail races. Yeah, it's pretty much everything off-road and everything over marathon distance is banned for the time being, which seems, I don't know, I can understand perhaps in that region, but it was like right up in the top corner of Mm -hmm. China. But I guess the Chinese government can do what the fuck it wants. Generally, people, people don't uh, argue with it. Yeah, and I, I don't know whether they've had an investigation into what happened there, because I think I said on the last podcast, it's not really clear at the moment. And again, maybe stuff's been published as I'm speaking about this. 
But I didn't think it was all that clear whether it was a freak accident in that something happened very suddenly or whether the race directors let people run when maybe they shouldn't. I don't really understand what happened to result in 21 runners um, dying in that situation. So the Chinese government banning it, maybe that's so they can investigate. I don't know. Yeah, I think they just want all races to put in place better procedures because I think there were delays in emergency services and things like that as well. The planning obviously wasn't there. So they want all races to um, to be better prepared, which I understand, but to ban all races is kind of harsh. I think ultra uh, running is really kicking off in well in a lot of um, a lot of East Asia, but I think in China mm. and places like that around that sort of part of the globe. Um, ultra running seems to be increasing a lot in popularity so that's going to really suck the banning of it although I, I understand why I, I understand why it's um they've had to do it because that's something very tragic happened for 21 runners to have, have died that day yeah uh, we'll finish on an amazing record which has been set obliterating the old time as the japanese 90 plus men's 4 by 400 meter team took four minutes off the previous world record to finish in eight minutes 49 that's a third of that record they took off uh, the anchor leg was run by 90 year old hiro tanaka in one minute 40 wow that's that's amazing <laughs> i mean that's a decent time yeah He's 90 years old that's well yeah and i i didn't used to know anything about like all this tradition of running in japan particularly the, the relay running and i can't remember what it's called they have a japanese name for it um but it's really hugely popular but i read a book and it was called something like the way of the runner or something like that and it's all about uh, running culture in japan and it's so interesting because it's really different from here because it is all set around these relays and a lot of it is at like university level um mm. but it's super super interesting to to read about a different running culture from our own because obviously most people unless you've done it in school athletics haven't run a relay whereas that's sort of the what a lot of their running culture is based around these relay runs so yes yeah there are some absolutely incredible runners in japan but they don't mm. run outside of japan and they don't run like marathons they i think they have a like a different distance probably part of this relay thing yeah so they're not as focused on that and they don't really travel outside of japan i'm sure we covered it on here before it was mm. something like there was a race in japan and like 30 or 40 people ran under 65 minutes and they're all like university students or something mad so it's just yeah. a crazy depth of talent they have but don't necessarily travel as much as you know people in europe and, and america do yeah 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 if um if you want to know more of it just google the way of the runner um or look at it on amazon it's a, it, it's a fantastic book that talks all about uh japanese running culture but yeah it's super interesting hmm. so stuart what have you got coming up next well, what I've just organized, because I, I like coming up with these fun ideas, and we're going to do a VK challenge, which is not the uh, shit Alcopop used to buy at university. <laughs> it's a vertical kilometer challenge, though, actually, I might buy like a case of VKs anyway for anyone that completes it for a laugh. So I'm going to get people to meet me at a local hill with a pub at the bottom, luckily, um, and do a thousand meters of elevation in a shorter run as possible. I reckon we can do 13 laps of this hill. Uh, to do a thousand meters of elevation in one run just for no reason just because it sounds really great mm -hmm. I, I i was i actually signed up to do this and then i realized i was away that weekend so i think i'm going to do my own vk challenge i'm saying on the podcast as an accountability but there's like a hill near where i live and i can't i think it's like something like a hundred foot i don't know what that is in meters like a hundred foot of elevation so i think i'm just going to run up and down it <laughs> 
I th- I looked at I think I know the one you meant. I think it's maybe forty. I think you might get fifty meters out of it at best. So you're gonna have to okay. do twenty laps. Oh, that's a, that's not too bad actually. Twenty laps isn't too bad. I thought it was gonna be oh, worse no. than that. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be a lot worse. But yeah, I think I'm gonna do that instead. So I still yeah. want to take part. <laughs> and it's one of these things of like that sounds really awful. We should do that for content. You know what? That's the first thing I thought. I thought I can't do it, so I'm gonna do something that's even shitter. <laughs> good for you i'm gonna nice. out bullshit you <laughs> oh and you know the we've talked about uh the ultra that i'm gonna do in september hadn't actually entered i didn't realize i just assumed i had so i've actually entered that now and i'm <laughs> into like 12 13 weeks to go so i might even i might even do some planning oh my god i know yeah you've got like enough time you've got enough time to actually train it's almost too much time is the problem i know this is the thing with the vogue i'm like now it's been put back i, I even said in my email because they emailed around saying oh do you want to delay your entry and i was like yes i i do want to do the, it this year and i'm really pleased you're, you're postponing it i'm sorry that this has to happen but i'm also really pleased because i can actually tr- train properly but then there's that you know going out for runs there's that niggling thought in my head that's oh, just laying in bed don't bother you've got ages don't worry about it yeah, don't worry about it yeah. wait till three weeks before again do one long run yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that was, the last time it wasn't even three weeks before. It was two months before I did one long run. <laughs> I just left it. <laughs> Won't be doing that next time. So, other than our lovely run tomorrow, which we might have talked about in this episode already, uh, anything coming up for you in the next few weeks? No, that's it. I'm going to try doing the continue with the ultra running. Going to do the BK challenge. That's it, though. Not really much else. Not much going on. I mean, we're sort of. I, I mean, I know in England. Um, races are going ahead again now i'm not sure what the restrictions are over there but in wales we're sort of on the cusp of things starting up again aren't we so i think it's going to be all at once well i've obviously got it all at fucking once and end of august but yeah i think um everyone's just waiting aren't they yeah i think in theory now we can have up to four thousand people in events but i guess now that's just been announced from monday now people have to get individual permission for all those events to happen so it's going to be a little while yet but in theory they're kind of on the way back hooray yay if you've enjoyed this bullshit please visit www.runningisbs.com to see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalogue as well as links to our patreon merch store and social medias see you later alligator and let's hope the six hours we spend together tomorrow don't ruin this entirely for us <laughs> sorry your phone's ringing right at the end. It's not ringing. It's an alarm to take tablets. I'm like an old lady. <laughs> I've got tablets I've got to take at the same time every day. So I have like an old lady, like, alarm saying, take your medication. Take listen. Yep. <laughs>